Wow, you guys are so great. Oh, I'm so glad that you're all here. I am a daughter, a sister, an aunt, and a friend. I am a Grinch-loving, Hallmark-binging, jamming-out-in-the-car kind of girl. I'm a singer. I'm a child of God. I'm a pygmy goat and puppy lover. I am a caffeine addict, or so people tell me. Um, I am for sure a wannabe beatboxer. <laughs> I'm a listener, and I am called. Uh, so hi. For those of you I haven't had the chance to meet, I'm Erica Fernandez, and I'm super glad you guys are here. Uh, I'm a senior here at UNI, and soon I'll be graduating with a BA in communication studies. <sighs> 15 days and then, hello, summer. <laughs> I am called to a life full of joy and super good company and a life with Jesus, but my life didn't always reflect that truth. For as long as I can remember, I thought my calling from God was to be it, whatever people needed. For my family, it was the fixer. Um, I've been this person that people call when there's an emergency or a need. Um, I have a sister with special needs who tends to run away a lot and abandon responsibility. Um, so I've been called to pick up garbage bags and cleaning supplies and to get to work. Um, when my alcoholic and super absent dad was neglecting one of my siblings, I was called to be a protector, called to take a stand and to speak out. Um, and then in high school, I was that friend that people called when they were going through something, never to hang out, because I guess I wasn't cool enough. It's fine, I'm over it now. Uh, yeah, called to be that person with like words of encouragement and uh, somehow they thought I knew what was going on, but I didn't hang out with anyone, like I said. Um, then in college, I went and cheered at a school called Iowa Central in Fort Dodge. And then I'm so, I'm so clumsy, so I tore my ACL. And then um, I went from this role of teammate to people's encouragement and uplifter, and I became their source of positivity. Uh, and then I moved back home for rehab with that, and I was called on by my pastor to fulfill a role of intern at our church, a role that very quickly led to ministerial coordinator and then youth pastor. And then when she decided it was her time to retire, I was called on to fulfill roles of spiritual nurturing and administrative department type work. And I have always felt called to fulfill these roles of expectation and obligation. And I feel like I can't be the only one. Do you guys ever have this feeling of insane pressure? To have it all together all the time. 
to have all the answers, all the words of encouragement, to be something that fits this perfect, structured mold. To know your call that God has for your life. Well, that was and still is me. Um, I allowed that expectation of being it to take over my identity. All that I knew of what a calling looked like was pressure, was overwhelming, was imprisonment. And I felt that in order to fulfill this calling in my life, I had to be strong enough to take on everyone else's brokenness and everyone else's burdens while hiding away my own. When I was asked to speak on I am called, I immediately thought about what I'm doing after graduation. And by that, I mean a lack thereof. I don't have a job, Um, I don't have a place to live, and I sure as heck have not had this supernatural encounter with Jesus where he's just going to come down and like show me my next five years. And I felt like this imposter. I didn't feel called to anything. But recently, I've been learning about this different interpretation of what calling looks like. There's this man, Paul, and he writes to us about this new perspective about how God calls us to build his kingdom and how he uses us to do that. So tonight, I'd like you to take out your Bibles or your phones or look on the persons next to you, and we're going to be traveling to the back in Ephesians 4. Uh, So if you don't know where that is, that's totally fine. There's a table of contents in the front of your Bible that you can check that out. Or if you know where Galatians or Philippians is, it's right in between there. So I'll give you a moment to find that. All right, so we're in Ephesians 4, and tonight we're going to be reading verses 1 through 12. And it starts out as, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And this is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? 
He who, who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fulfill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. To prepare God's people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So for those of you that may not know who Paul is, he was this man who used to persecute Christians. He interfered with the work that Jesus was doing because he believed that Jesus was the false Messiah. So he was on his way to kill a group of Christians, people like you and me, when he had this supernatural encounter with Jesus that changed his life forever. He was called by Jesus to live a life teaching the gospel. And in that verse one that we read, and it says, as a prisoner of the Lord, we see Paul here as a literal prisoner. Folks, that is not a metaphor. He is taken captive for preaching the gospel to people everywhere, living out his calling, imprisoned, writing to us tonight. And finishing out verse one, Paul was begging people to receive what they had been given from God, to receive their calling. And Paul says that living a life of calling, a life that landed him in literal prison, was actually one worth living. So keep those Bibles handy because we're getting in there. Um, I want you guys to look at verse 1. And for those of you that might have a pencil or a pen or a highlighter on you, I want you to grab those. And in verse 1, I want us to underline the word received. In order to understand the calling that Paul is talking about, we have to understand that we received a calling. And in order to receive something, we have to be given something. So now I want us to jump to verse 11. Here it says, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Here I want us to underline the words, he gave. So who is he? Who are we talking about? We're talking about Jesus, and what did he give us? He gave us these gifts of talents and interests so uniquely perfect to each and every one of us. So the man that, just, that we just prayed over a little while ago, his name is Tate, and a couple weeks ago, he led us in a teaching called I Am Known, and he read from Ephesians 1. So I'd like us to turn back there just for a moment, and we'll come on back. And we're going to read verses 3 and 4. And starting in 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us, and in him before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. 
So grab those pens and pencils. And in verse three, I want us to underline the words, blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And then in verse four, I want us to underline the words, before the creation of the world. Before Jesus breathed his life into creation, he blessed us with something that Paul calls a spiritual uh, blessing. Today we also call this spiritual gifts or passions or things that get us excited, things that we're good at, things that we use to celebrate God and uplift his kingdom. So we can even look around in this very room. We see people with those hospitality name tags. It was the people who were handing out Bibles, the people who were writing our names on name tags, asking us about our day, the people who have this gift to welcome, people who act as stewards in love and mercy and want to get to know you. And what's so cool about this is that is just one of the many spiritual gifts that God has blessed his creation with for the work of ministry. So now we're going to go back to Ephesians 4, and we're going to be reading verse 11. It says, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Here Paul says, he gave, Christ gave these spiritual gifts of all shapes and sizes. He tells us that before the world was even created, you and I had been given these spiritual gifts from God. So if we can try to understand this, and we received, meaning that we accepted these gifts that were given to us and handcrafted for us, What are we supposed to do with them? I'm glad you asked. Let's look at verse 12 to answer that question. In verse 12 it says, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So if we receive these gifts from Jesus, Paul is telling us in verse one to use our gifts so that the body of Christ may be built up to bless a broken world. How can he say this? That living a life of calling is a life worth living, but his calling led him to a prison cell. I don't know about you guys, but if my calling leads me to a prison cell, I'm going to have some questions. Paul knew that his calling was to preach the gospel to Gentiles. And he says, a life lived on purpose for Jesus, even if it puts you in a prison cell, is a life worth living. Following the call that you received will not always be easy. It will not always be clean cut or flawless. And it will not look exactly like the person next to you. But it will be worth it just like it was for Paul. 
When I transferred to you and I my sophomore year of college, I had a friend who invited me to basic. And it was outdoor basic, which is this event that looks just like this, but it's picked up and it's moved outdoors, and it's a wonderful place to meet people. And that freaked me out. I am super not good at being vulnerable, and I'm really not good at being new. And it was really drizzly that night, so I was like, oh, maybe next week, I don't know. And by the good grace of God, I was dragged to the field that night. I had never experienced anything quite like what we get to experience here every Thursday. I grew up in this quaint, traditional church where we still sing out of hymn books, and my idea of contemporary music was Here I Am to Worship and Barlow Girl. People at this church are gracious, and they're loving, and they love fellowship, and they love investing in people, and it's kind of like I gained 40 extra sets of grandparents. But I never understood worship to be full of possibility and to be intriguing. I never knew Jesus to be a savior that was running after me, who was in love with me. I never understood that Jesus could look at someone like me who is filthy in brokenness. And he says, I choose you every time. No matter how many sins, how many fears, how many times I tell him that his creation isn't good enough, funny enough, beautiful enough, he still chooses the cross and comes running after me. That night at Outdoor Basic, Sarah was talking, the girl who uh, gave the announcements earlier, um, and she talked about how God was the light of our lives and that in him there is no darkness at all. And she introduced this idea that Jesus actually wants us, which was news to me. That night we were challenged to take this gift of light and of community and a little glimpse of God's love for us and to experience real depth with the people around us. Individual people to walk in the light with. Ever since I can remember, I had received this gift of shepherding. I had taken on the challenge of serving, guiding, comforting, and encouraging and leading other people. It's who I am. But I had received this calling before I understood that these gifts to serve other people was given to me. I didn't understand who Jesus was to me. A friend, a support, a listening ear, a shepherd. I didn't understand that before I could successfully shepherd other people, I had to know my shepherd first. That night at Outdoor Basic, I was introduced to a Jesus who was begging me to understand my worth to him. Who was begging me to understand that I am known, 
that I am saved, that I was given gifts, and that I am called to use them. Begging me to share the intimate parts of my heart that I was and still kind of am terrified to share with anyone. He was begging me to lean on him and his people to let go of my stubborn control and to fall into salvation. He was begging me to let him be my shepherd. And he writes to us, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling you have received. Y'all, I'm about to graduate, and I do not know a lot. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to work, if I'm going to work. I don't know where I'm going to live. I don't know what community I'll be a part of. And some days, it's a lot bigger of a battle than others. But I do know that Jesus is my shepherd, and that he's our shepherd. And I know that he has given me gifts to use just like he has for each one of you. And doing that will be a life worth living. So friends, tonight I want to challenge you with something that I am challenged with every day. I want to challenge you to accept the truth that you are loved that you are known, and that you are saved. I want to challenge you to think about the spiritual gifts that God has given you. And I want to challenge you to think about how God is preparing you or maybe even nudging you to use them. And if you don't know what your gifts are or you're struggling to find out where your calling is, there's this super awesome thing called community where you have people you're sitting around, the people you're literally sitting next to, staff members, volunteers, people who believe in the kingdom of God and people who believe in the power of God. People who are made to use their gifts to help you figure that out. I want to challenge you to be courageous enough to start that conversation. Because the truth is, and I want you to hear this, if it's the only thing you hear tonight, I want you to hear this. It's that God has known you since before creation even came into existence. He saved you from the moment that he knew you. And out of his never-failing love that is constantly running after you, he calls you to receive these gifts that he has given you to build up his kingdom. So I'm going to give you guys some time in silence to start that conversation. And then I'll end in prayer, yeah? God of creation. You chase down our heart through all of our failure and 
pride. Through all of our doubt, through all of our fear, through all of our shortcomings and our insecurities, you chase us down every time. God, tonight I pray for each and every one of your beautiful creation. I pray that each and every person in this room knows that they are known by you. That you know the intimacies of their heart. You know the challenges that they face. You know their past, their present, and their future. And God, I pray that they know that since that time, you have saved them. Calling them by name, you say, you are known to me and I still choose you every day. And God, I pray tonight that each and every one of your children may know that they are worthy of the gifts that you gave them. And God, I pray that they can be courageous enough tonight to receive those gifts. And God, I pray that you have a supernatural encounter and transformation of their heart, God. And I pray that you move them to use these gifts to bless a filthy, broken world. And God, I pray over all that each and every one of these people in here know that they are loved, know that they are chosen, know that they are valued. And God, I pray that you heard their cries things that they were asking for, the things that you were leading them to. And God, I pray that they see you at work through it. We love you, Lord, and in your name we pray. Amen.